0: So we're on the sixth lesson in the fall quarter. Title of the lesson is Paul's Praise of God's Peace. And this one is only Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray for the illumination of your Holy Spirit as we look at it. We pray that we might walk according to the Spirit because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So anyway, our first section is warring women, and that is two verses again, chapter four, four, verses two and three. So we know that women never wore. Just kidding, no. I'll I'll read that uh, very long passage here. Verses 2 and 3. So, I urge Yodia and I urge Sentiki to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So, there was some... uh, Disagreement going on here. I have a little quote from the quarterly. This is uh, Because Jesus washed away our sins and made us righteous in God's eyes, we now have peace with God. No one else can give us this peace. Indeed, nothing in this world has that power. Therefore, no situation should trouble us, and we need not fear any circumstance. That's in relation to the title, Paul's Praise of God's Peace. So, but the women were not peaceful, Yudia and Syntyche. So, and Paul felt the need to call them out by name. And so we know their names even 2,000 years later, Yudia and Syntyche, the ones who are not living in Harmony, and he was calling them out by name from his Roman prison cell. So the church-age believer is called to a higher standard of love than under the Mosaic law. That's what that made me think of. Remember, Jesus in the upper room, he said, Love one another as I have loved you, which is different from Leviticus 19 and 18, which says to love your neighbor as yourself. So the way Jesus loved us was more intense, more complete than loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's the standard we're called to. And uh, so when these people are warring. So how do we live in harmony in the church? you have any ideas? Yeah, you know, in the church, uh, you know, we're people and we still do sinful things and we can make each other mad at us, Um, you know, I like to think that we, you know, just refuse to be offended. You know, we shouldn't be very quick to be offended. Just refuse it. (laughs) Unless there's something sinful that needs to be. And then verse 3, he says, uh, He's talking to some true companion, indeed true companion, doesn't name him. I ask you also to help these women so other believers can come alongside and help when people are having trouble getting along. Um, I, I wrote down some things to keep us from, you know, being at war with one another. For example, preferences without biblical founding should not be demanded. You know, the things that I think of are carpet colors. That can cause disagreement. Carpet colors, if the carpet's being changed, or musical styles many times will cause disagreements, uh, things like that. But those are not uh, biblical things. Those are preferences. So, And also there should be a refusal to be offended. It is a hard one it's a hard one to refuse to be offended you know if uh, if there's a sin then th- that should be corrected but gently doctrinal correction should be done gently and f- forgiveness should be quick and there should be a lot of prayer i think a praying church will in general have less of these problems you know than than one that doesn't pray as much and that's the end of that. you have anything else to say about that? So do you want to read those? That's the biggest section of verses. It's I think it's four verses in a row. Four through seven. So this book is about joy. And Paul has given us so far, what was it? Three principles to have joy. One was... To look at life with a glass half full attitude. The second was to uh, be a servant, as Jesus did. The third was to avoid legalism and avoid relying on worldly t- titles and accomplishments, you know? And this is the fourth which is uh, be a person of prayer. Be a person of prayer, and that will give you joy. And so anyway, verse 4, Paul commands people to rejoice in the Lord. So if you just rejoice, that I guess that, that can make you feel better. <laughs> Even though, you know, but th- there's all these principles here, too. And remember... Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, so joy should come to us because the Holy Spirit indwells us if we are yielded to Him, but He does command us to rejoice, and that refers again back to chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. So we should be pretty happy folks as Christians. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it, how often do we rejoice? Always. So um, how do you guys rejoice when you're under difficult circumstances? Anybody have any clues for us how to do that? Rejoice when you're stressed, when you're under pressure. You do it on purpose. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I. I you know, I. I was under a little pressure yesterday. Our router was failing for our internet in, at home, so we got a new router, and I was trying to set it up and I was failing that a new router for my internet I could not get it and uh and i was try- I was trying not to lose it you know but it, it, there was not rejoicing happening i'll tell you that and my little sweet wife because this is i tried and then we went out to dinner you know, and i couldn't get it and i came home and i tried after we came back from dinner and i couldn't get it still and i was going to send it back and she says uh well let me look at the video and of course i'm thinking well i already looked at the video but So anyway, we looked at the video together on how to do it, and when we did, I I picked up the fact, because as you're setting it up, you go through these things, and you're supposed to choose your router out of these zillions of pictures. I had chosen the wrong one. So simple. So, so I thank the Lord for my wife, who had me look at the video with her, and it worked out so I can rejoice in that. Learning to rejoice always is definitely something you have to learn. I but I will say that you know I have grown from when I was younger. When I was younger, I would have I would have gone crazy <laughs> with that. So I, you know, I appreciate what the Lord has done in my life since then. So verse uh, five. Then let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near, and so gentleness, what is that? Okay. Yeah, g- gentleness is, you know, just a, a quiet spirit. Gentle, not, you know, harsh. And that also is a fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? That's another fruit of the Spirit. I went and looked. Yeah, let's look at that. It's Galatians five twenty two and 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit— But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So the main focus of the book of Philippians is joy, which is the second of the fruit of the Spirit. And now he's talking about gentleness, which is the eighth fruit of the Spirit. So all these things should grow in our lives as we follow the Lord. So we want to be gentle. And he says that right after talking to Yudia and Sintiki about their uh, antagonism with one another. So he tells them to be gentle and uh, reconcile. And then he says, after being gentle, that the Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. That is a phrase that um, connotes the imminence of Christ's return. It could happen at any moment. And it could have happened any moment in biblical times. It didn't happen then. It could have happened at any moment in the Middle Ages. It didn't happen then. And it can happen at any moment now. Uh, Because the Lord has not given us a sign for the rapture, He just says, "I'm going to (laughs) come," and uh, and I do think that that is a a motive. You know, one of God's purposes is for to keep us ready for Him to come. In other words, not to to continue to follow Him while we're here. So the Lord is near. That is Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. You know, I am very anxious for the Lord to get here. So anyway, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, we're looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. That is what we are looking for. And then one of the passages that teaches this doctrine of imminence is in 1 Corinthians um and chapter 15 Paul again cuz Paul is the one who really explained the rapture to us yeah 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 behold i tell you a mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed so paul included himself in that group, so he felt that he would be raptured. That is the doctrine of imminence. It could happen at any moment. And that is one of the reasons that we believe in the pre-tribulational rapture of the church, which is the only view that supports that doctrine of imminence. Yeah, First Corinthians 15 and verse 51. So verses six and seven of Philippians chapter four, these are practical verses on a par I would say with first John one nine for the believer, for the Christian. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So remember, Jesus tells us over and over and over again, do not be afraid. And what is anxiety? Anxiety is fear, isn't it? It is kind of a generalized fear, a foreboding that something bad will happen. That's anxiety. And it's unnecessary, you know, because the Lord tells us, 365 times, do not be afraid, once for every day of the year. And so when we are feeling anxious or we are feeling afraid, you know, yesterday when I was doing my little router routine, I was thinking, okay, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me. <laughs> and I said, if you don't want me to put this router together, okay, okay. And then Susanna says, "Well, let's watch the video again, <laughs> and so and so that it worked." But um, you know, we have we have so many people who are on medication for anxiety, for depression, for mental health. You know, and it it's really not it's really not necessary. Yeah, it's really not necessary. What that does is just it, it dulls you, it dulls your mind. And um, but uh, all you have to do is pray with prayer and supplication. So supplication is asking. So you're praying, you're talking to the Lord. You know usually it includes praise. When you praise the Lord, it kind of takes your mind off of your own problems. And then you ask for solutions to those problems, and then you give Thanksgiving prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So you can always thank the Lord for something. And what happens is that the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, so it's a supernatural peace, it's a peace that cannot be explained, comes upon you and guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is extremely practical you know i i have this need him ministry which i haven't done recently really very much i should do it more where people come on and the the idea is to tell them the gospel but most of the people are christians already and they have they're anxious about things they're anxious you know they have problems in their marriage or they're demonic attacks, you know, things like this. And uh, believers, and or they can't get along with other people. And this, I use this all the time, this passage for those people, you know, because it's very practical. I have found it to be extremely practical. And it works. It works. You know, the Lord will give you a peace which surpasses comprehension, because you realize when you pray to him that he's in charge. He's not going to let anything terrible happen to you. He has already given you every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and he has you, you know? And so it gives you this peace that surpasses understanding. So now we're on Section C, Godly Thinking. Yeah, section B, I don't know if I mentioned, that was rejoice in the Lord. So section C is godly thinking, and that is verses 8 and (laughs) 9. You want to read that one again? I'm getting tired. I'm just kidding. Okay, thank you. So that's your verse, Shirley. That's your verse you were talking about. Yeah, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is of good repute, there is any excellence and, if anything, worthy of praise dwell on these things. So he lists six things, and then he says there's other things also, things that are good. So what is he talking about here, to dwell on these things? Are there other things you can dwell on besides these things? The other things I think of are mostly on TV. TV, the entertainment industry tends to dwell on the uh, evil, on the bad, on the corrupt. And fear. And fear. And, uh, you know, especially at Halloween time on horror, uh, which is based on fear, and uh, fear and occultism. He says to think about what is true. So what is true? Yeah, 14.6 tells us what is true. John 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you want to know the truth, go to Jesus. He'll, He'll let you know what it is. And then Psalm 101, verse 3, this is a Psalm of David. And this is related to television. David hadn't didn't have a television, I don't think. But Psalm 101 verse 3 said, "'I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me.'" So David decided that he would not look at worthless things. You know, I could probably improve in that. Because I do watch TV, and sometimes I probably watch things I should not, and so that is something you have to grow in. But your mind needs to be protected. You know, if you dwell on evil things, you know all these uh, shooters, these uh, mass shooters. You, you look at 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 the th- their social media and stuff like that. They're dwelling on evil. They're dwelling on it, thinking about it, ruminating on it, and eventually they act on it. So, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So, you, as Christians, we want to renew our mind and that is done through the Bible. through reading the Bible. The Bible helps us think correctly. Then about purity, that was one of the things he mentioned. Second Corinthians chapter seven. Paul again saying to the Corinthians, "Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves." From all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Of course, you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't have the ability to do it without Him. And then Proverbs four twenty three kind of sums it up. Proverbs four twenty three says, "Watch over your heart with all diligence. With all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life." So we want to guard what goes into our mind, the things that we think about, the things that we ruminate over. Um, Probably the best thing to do that, and we are told to do that, is the Bible. We ruminate on the Bible. We memorize the Bible. We meditate on the Bible. And um, that will keep us from what was happening to Yodia and Sintiki, And then... um, I have a couple more verses here. I thought, oh, I can look up a zillion verses since there's only eight verses we're going over. This is 2 Thessalonians 2. Yeah. No, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 13. Yeah, that says, but as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. And how do we not grow weary? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. The Lord gives you my my almost favorite verse. It's getting really close. First, era, Ephesians chapter three and verse sixteen, that He God would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. That is how you don't get tired. That's how you not grow weary. You um, you spend time you spend time with the Lord, and His Holy Spirit will give you power to do what he asks, and you won't be weary. So we want to, when we read things, when we watch things on video and on television, we should be thoughtful about what we're looking at and and filter out the evil and uh, things like that. And then verse uh, 9, our last verse, we can have a long coffee break. So Paul, again, tells us to follow his example. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So we want to follow Paul's example. Paul is a pretty committed believer. <laughs> so we want to be committed believers, and but not legalistic. You know, the friends we went out with, Last night, they're they're Christians. They're uh, they're from Moldova. The husband uh, has done many projects in our house, and he's just excellent. And they're moving to Florida. He's going next week, and he just finished his last project project for us. So we took him out to dinner. But they uh, talk about you know their church requires a certain dress. The ladies have to wear dresses or skirts and uh and their kids go to a school where the the girls have to wear dresses or skirts below the knee and um uh moldova is uh, kind of south of U- ukraine it was part of the soviet union so th- that's legalism you know that's legalism and that will take your joy <laughs> that will take your joy that you know, you must do this and uh, when it's not in the Scripture. So the Scripture does tell you to be modest. It doesn't tell you how, exactly how to do it. So anyway, I think it's they're Russian-speaking. Okay. We have a lot of Russian-speaking immigrants here, which are the Christians, uh-huh. who, you know, after the Soviet Union, they came here. And I know a lot of them, and they are awesome. People, most of them, are very dedicated Christians, and uh, yeah. Well, let me close out. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this book, and we pray that you would help us to guard our minds, help us to rejoice in the Lord always. Help us, if we're concerned about something, that we would pray about it. In Jesus' name, amen.